Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Shank, and welcome to the Brandon Shank Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Brandon Shank Podcast. We are here representing Little League, Virginia Beach Little League. The hat's a little stained. We lost in states. I'm still a little bitter, but uh, Little League World Series is about to kick off. All the games are on ESPN, and it's hard for me to watch. I have to admit. Oh, yeah. But represent, you know? Represent. Represent BBLO. So it's a bitter time of year for me. Um, We had our first practice last night for our 13U team, and I was like, man. But, you know, God has bigger plans. (laughs) Or maybe we just missed it. I don't know. Hey. Yeah. It is what it is, man. Hope everybody's doing good. It's August. The summer is flying. Um, I know a lot of kids start school in a lot of other places. Virginia Beach, we start here in what? Three more weeks? Three or two? I mean, it's soon. Yeah, I guess three. Yeah. I don't even know the date is. The 28th? Yeah. I mean, I'm ready. I'm I'm good to go. (laughs) Yeah, I feel the same. I feel excited. I feel ready to go. Um, I feel like the, the, the time is right. So, but it's coming quick, man. We usually start after Labor Day. I think the reason is because a lot of the students I heard in the past, it was a lot of students work down the ocean front. And so if they mm. start before that, there's so many tourists and then at least, you know, businesses and restaurants and lifeguards and everything else, there's nobody to, there's not as many people to work um, down the ocean front. So yeah. I don't know what changed it, but. Well, I think, I thought I heard that's like they're starting early because it's kind of like to make up for some of like the COVID time that was lost kind of. What about the seniors who've been gone for two years, man? I know. Hey, I'm, I'm not saying it's perfect or. <laughs> yeah. I think they're saying there's a learning, there's some learning stuff that there, there's some, you know, infringement upon the, their skills. Yeah. Cause it's not like they're getting out early. Yeah. It's just like a slightly longer year. Yeah. It's true. I don't know. Well, you know, we talked last uh, last podcast. The co- the content keeps coming. I mean, we're we're content factory over here. Oh yeah, the podcast. It's just the the content is just flowing uh, so freely, you know. <laughs> um, but you know, my I, I we've been so busy the last couple of weeks. Um, we were in uh, Abingdon, Virginia, for Ryland's tournament. We left Abingdon to come home that weekend and Ryland stayed with my in-laws. We had our RV down there. So I kept my RV down there. It was about seven hours from here. We came back to Virginia beach. My wife flew out that Sunday morning to go to college. She's finishing up her master's at Wheaton for a full week. I preached Sunday. I left Tuesday with four, my four boys. And then one of my players and went back down to Abingdon. Ryland's tournament was already over. Got the RV, drove an hour North to Richlands, Virginia to put the RV somewhere else. Um, for a tournament for my 12 year old. Uh, so we've been busy and I sell yeah. that to my wife's credit. Um, but you know, my wife, I said something the other day and she hasn't listened to my podcast in three weeks, man. Listen. <laughs> I mean, if you can get your wife to listen, you know what I'm saying? She's my biggest fan. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you, you just go into catch up mode. And then you just got to, you know, you binge them. There's, know. there's nothing wrong with a good binge every once in a while. I, I think yeah. I'm, I, this is what I want to do, Corey. This is what I want to do. Yeah. So this is my offer. If you can convince my wife, anybody listening, without her knowing that I said this, because if she doesn't watch this podcast or listen Uh-oh. to it, yeah. if she doesn't, then she'll never know. But if you can convince my wife in some way to listen to the full episode, 
of this podcast, you can hit her up on Instagram at Casey Shank or her phone number is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can hit her up on Instagram. You can hit her up on Facebook. Uh, if you can convince Casey without her knowing to listen to the full podcast in its entirety, and I will randomly mention something next week and see if she's listening. And if she did, I'll say, why did you, what, what made you listen? If she mentions you, I will give you preseason oh, tickets to the Commanders Ravens game next Monday night. What? <laughs> Holy cow. That's right. So I can't make this a clip today after the podcast and post it. So it's got to be, this is, this is True. knowledge that can't be known well, on social media. Listen, yeah. Those of you that listen, this is, um, you know what? You could make it a clip because then she'll have to say who, who was the one that had the most influence. Yeah. But you she'll could. see the clip though. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing yeah, is in the podcast. Maybe she ain't even checking in on my social. Cause <laughs> you'd hate if she saw the clip and then she said, well, I saw the clip and, and I convinced myself to watch yeah, it. I will give you my, and then, and then, and then guess what? You're going to a football game. <laughs> Listen, I will give you my preseason tickets. Fifth row corner of the end zone. Great seats. Yeah. They're my, they're my season ticket seats. I'll give you the preseason game to the Ravens Monday, the 21st, eight o'clock. Man. Pretty good deal. All right. I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. I think it's a great deal. But I got to know that you were the one. You know, it's probably going to be Buddy who's the first one to listen to this. Yeah, and that don't count. <laughs> that that don't count. count. Buddy doesn't count. Buddy's the biggest fan. He's, he knows He's watching us record this live from somewhere. Yeah. He's sitting there like he missed his call last week. I mean, he yeah. missed it. And that's all we've heard this week is I can't that believe I missed heard. it. I can't believe I missed it. He's like, I'm going to find out when you're recording and I'm just going to stay by my phone. Yeah. He did should, miss it. Yeah, I should Wait, call him right now. I should I should call him right now and ask if he wants to be on the podcast and say, ah, never mind. And then just hang up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. You know, this summer has been a weird summer. Let's be honest. Um, I, I heard that. There is so much wrong with this statement, but that many women have dumped their men after watching Barbie. Really? I've not seen it. My wife went to see it with a bunch of friends last week. I don't know what kind of demonic, satanic uh, witchcraft is going on in this movie to <laughs> to break men's hearts everywhere. But apparently there's a lot of men and they, they're not kin. And Barbies are sick of it. Man. I don't know. Yeah, I've not, obviously, I've not seen it. Uh, no, you were at home all week last week. You know you went and saw a thing at least twice. <laughs> With your popcorn. Yeah, exactly. Shh. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. But I will tell you this, something that's great. Taylor Swift, what she gave a bonuses to all of her uh, crew on the tour, $55 million. Man. She gave every truck driver a $100,000 bonus. Wow. And then the owner of the truck company, trucking company came out and said how much it's changed their lives. And I'm thinking that is incredible. Yeah. Like she, the reason people love Taylor Swift is she's a great musician. She's, but the reason people love her is because she is an expert at creating community. Yeah. She is the Swifties. I mean, she's got celebrities coming to her shows. She's got A-list celebrities that she don't even have time to go see during her shows. Like she is uh, the ultimate community builder. That's why Taylor Swift is so big. Sure. Her songs are great. She writes her own music. So it's genuine, but she is the ultimate community builder. Hands yeah. down. The best out there. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. You know? Yeah. And she's just real with people. Yeah. You know, she loves her cats. Like the things she does, she's just real. And I'm not a Swifty. I have four boys. 
None of them listen to Taylor Swift. They like little baby and you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they like they like hip hop and all kinds of stuff. But it's like they Taylor Swift, man, she creates community and is really good at it. Um, another thing this summer is all over. You're seeing like all these strikes happening. There were strikes in Hollywood with writers and all these different things. And now there's strikes going on uh, with workers in L.A. And honestly, they're just sick. People are sick and tired of inflation. They're sick and tired of the cost of inflation and the fact that they're not making more. And I'm like, I'm I'm glad somebody's finally standing up because, you know, I want to go on strike. But there's only a couple of us who work at the church. So I don't really... <laughs> And they do go, they do good by us. So, I mean, they've always, they've always done really, really well. So I don't, I, but I, I do, man, it's, it's funny because inflation's a funny thing because nobody makes more money, but you all of a sudden you have no money left because you have to spend it on things that are three times the price before. And it's not because there are some people, there are people behind all this that are price gouters, but there are a lot of people out there who are just charging more for their product because they were inflated to create yeah. the product. Yeah. So I want to know where is all the money stopping? When inflation happens, and I know people have a lot of opinions on this, but if we're being honest, there may not be a right answer. It's making somebody rich. Somebody. Yeah. Or somebody's. Well, I think a lot of the conversation like revolving around this too is essentially it it puts a lot of pressure on your middle class and it and it leads you to a society that is only a two class society, which is rich and poor. And anytime you can study this in history, anytime societies get pushed to a two class society, that's where revolutions happen. The poor class like rises up to essentially demolish the rich class. You know, I mean, that, that's history. So, you know, the more and more our world moves in that direction, that's that's kind of what I think the the forecasters and the people are warning right now is like, hey, we continue to do this you know, we were heading in that direction where revolution or something, you know, is going to, and you can feel like a slight bubbling of that. I mean, but. Hey, so basically if you have money, area. sell off and become poor because you're about ready to get the brake speed off of you by the poor people is what you're telling <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think people are sick and tired of, um, people are sick and tired of, racism and the way people are being treated mm -hmm. people are sick and tired of the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer and i think that's where people listen and need to understand there's nothing wrong with being rich there's nothing wrong with having a lot yeah there is something wrong with having a lot when you're taking from people who don't now when i say taking if you're selling a product and they're buying it like that's what it is yeah but when you know that you don't have to raise the price of that product and you're making a ton of money but you do it just to make more money that you don't need that's the problem. That's wherever humanity comes in and you're saying, well, what's that line? Because there is a business ethic that a lot of people don't follow. It's like, well, I can make it. And so they can help my family and generations and all the people at my work. And it's like, yeah, but there's a, there's an ethical line when it comes to business as to what you do. And I think there is a level of when you have a financial thing like this, there's, there's a business ethics that, yeah, you can make more, but how many people is it costing something to make you something? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we raised the price of tithes at our church recently. And <laughs> <laughs> it went over extremely well. Well, yeah. church, we're gonna start. You're gonna start seeing a bill every month in order to, <laughs> to 
Can we do we have little like kiosk where it forces you to tip basically? Is yeah, that... you gotta scan to get in the door. If you haven't tied, <laughs> you can't get in. It's a, we're actually starting a membership structure at Palms where basically the way you pay, you can be in person or online or <laughs> the amount of services you're as a view every week. We're gonna want to a membership style as oh. opposed to a tithe. That's what I love about the church, though. I love that's what I love about God is his the concept works when you're when you believe and you know he has given you it's not hard for like everybody says well tithing this and that but it's not hard it's hard to give because 10 percent of anything is a lot right and none of us can give 10 percent of anything but that's why god asked for it and we always say at palms he doesn't want your money wants your heart yeah and for me and my wife like we're living in a life right now that people can't explain and i and i i got to the place and i said this yesterday in our staff is like god said when you're okay with not taking any of the credit that's whenever I'm going to be able to do what only I can do because all of us want to take credit to a degree for something. Mm-hmm. And I know for us financially, my wife and I, like we're, we've always had more than what our finances in the, in the world's eyes would be like, Oh, they could afford this. We've always wanted to have more. Why? Um, it's not a prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel is saying, give me 10, I'll give you 10,000. That's not the gospel. The gospel is God is saying, I will give you abundantly above and beyond more than you can think, ask, or imagine. And it may come in different forms. And when you trust God with that. And so a lot of people say, well, I'm not giving money to make the church run. You're not. It's the bride of Christ. And when you see it, it's not an, an organization. It's it's the bride of Christ. It's yeah. your commitment to God with your finances saying, I'm going to give this. And then, you know, people's the reason the Bible says give with a cheerful heart is because there are people who give their 10 percent faithfully down to the penny and their heart is garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I haven't seen this. And that's like because you're giving because you're a legalist. You're giving for you. You're not giving because of your love for the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so that's the honestly the only principle in, in money that ever works. I know we have a lot of financial advisors that listen to this podcast. I know we have a lot of different people in those worlds. And I love I'm grateful for those guys. Uh, I have some that work with me directly as far as uh, I don't have a financial advisor, but I have, you know, I've got retirement and things. But I, I think for me, it's one of those things that my wife and I plan for the future, but we don't save for the future. Hmm. And what I say by that is like, if I had a nest egg, I would give it away. Like, I just can't see. I have trouble seeing need, not trouble. The way I'm a mission, mission. Me, we talked about this yesterday. My wife and I have always been very missional. So what that means is like we want to live in communities that there's, uh, we just, we like living in those communities. We like, uh, like I'm, we're very involved in our community with, with sports and we're very missional. We're not, we're people, that's how we live. And yeah. um, so for us, money has always just been a disposable thing that honestly we've never valued in a way that people make money spiritual. And it's funny to me because Jesus had Judas, his trustee was Judas. And we all know that Judas stole. Mm-hmm. The Bible says Judas stole from the money bag. So Jesus had a trustee that he knew was embezzling money from his ministry and he kept him around. Yeah. What does that tell you about how God views money? Mm-hmm. He wasn't too worried about it. Why? Cause he knew his that God was going to provide. How do you provide through the women that were around the ministry? It says they provided for Jesus. Some of them were very wealthy. Um, Jesus wasn't trying to build kingdoms and buildings and strategies. Jesus was reaching people. He was missional. And I'm not saying that that's the only way we have to be, but I think that when we get into the building mindsets and we get into the structure mindsets and we get into the the different mindsets, we pull away from what God's actually wanting to do in our lives. Um, and that's why Casey and I have always been very clear in that. I mean, our church is nine years old and we don't have a building, but it's technically not true. We own a building in Maryland. Yeah. Six hours from here. A church gave us a building that holds 600 people. And that's just God's sense of humor. Yeah. Some people would think, well, if you saved up, you could have a building. We've never been in a place in a church to save up millions to have a building. 
Like the most, we had some of the most amount of money we ever had was last year. And what did we do with that money? We took it all and put it into a campus we just launched. Yeah. Why? Because we're a nonprofit. God says, use what I'm giving you to make the ministry grow, not save it for 10 years. And what God's going to do, and I'll say this now on this podcast, because I want everybody that's listening to hear it, what God will do at Palms Church when we finally get a building will be more than we could have ever saved for mm-hmm. in the last 10 years. I want to make that declaration now. What he will do at our church will be greater than anything we could ever prepare for. And that's what people that struggle with faith don't understand. They see numbers, they see rubrics, but they don't understand that God's paradigm does not work like ours. People think, well, you're a bad steward if you don't have money. No, you're a bad steward if you have a lot and aren't doing anything with it. Hmm. Bad stewardship is not people that are using money for ministry. Bad stewardship is people who are saving money and not using it for ministry whenever there are needs that God's put them right in front of, but they're saving for something that's not what God's asked them. You see what I'm saying? Like, I will never feel convicted for spending, for investing money that comes into Palms Church back into the community or into staffing so that we can reach more people in the community or into uh, things that we can use strategies to reach people. Um, And so uh, it's, it's just one of those things, I think, for me, it's a hotbed topic where I just get I hate the mentality. I hate the mentality of. of how finances, Satan has used darkness, finances to bring darkness to the church because it just, he's a constrictor. So if he can constrict your finances and constrict your personal financing, it just keeps you doing maintenance over ministry. Yeah. You know? And so that's like the bigger thing when it comes to a lot of stuff for me is like, if we would just trust God with our finances, we would see the miracles in our life that we've been praying for. Mm-hmm. Scary. Yeah. It's good. But it's the reality, right? Yeah, Absolutely. You know, God spoke to me recently was what I'm going to do in your life. I'll only get credit for the things I'm going to do. Um, if you feel embarrassed, it's because of your pride. But people will know that you couldn't do it without me. Yeah. And that was very clear. And that's where I'm at. You know, so I trust God for those things, man. You know, I just want to encourage everybody on here. Trust God with your money. Mm-hmm. Like we hoard it and we think, well, I've only got this and this. Like, man, God can multiply. He can raise up dead things and then multiply dead things. So trust God with all of it not some of it. And, uh, he'll do things that you could never write down on paper and make sense of. Yeah. You feel me? It's good. Yeah. So, uh, the, the last piece really, uh, you heard about that fight in Montgomery, Alabama this weekend. Uh-uh. No. Yes. Yeah, so there was a fight. So there was, um, a, a big river boat that came in to dock and behind it was like a pontoon boat full of white people. And they'd asked the white people to move and the river boat was full of black people. This is what the story said. And they wouldn't move. And so the worker, the dock worker, was a black man who asked the, the boat to move. They wouldn't move. They wouldn't move. It was like a 30-minute thing. Then they finally called police. The white guys jumped out of the boat and started attacking this black um, worker that was telling them they needed to move. Jeez. Well, once the black people saw the white people attacking the black worker, they attacked the white people. It was a true race rage. Yeah. And I was like, man, at some point... White people are going to learn. Black people are fed up with your crap. Yeah. Who do you think you are? You know what I'm saying? And it's such it's such stupid, trivial stuff. Like, just move your boat. How? Like, boat. that's so stupid. I think that's what the title of today's podcast should move, be. Move your boat. Move I like it. Why? Because we're not, we don't have to be ignorant. Like, yeah. move the stinking boat. You know what I mean? And, and honestly, they were probably intoxicated, which 
that doesn't give them an excuse. It's like, dude, grow up. Yeah. Like grow up, you know, like there are people in this world and, and you're not the only ones. And I think my thing is just you watching this. And so this guy, the, the memes that came out of this is there is a, this guy, this black guy grabs his chair. He starts smashing people in the head with it. God, this w- one white lady w- sitting w- on the ground w- got beat up and she's sitting there kind of dazed and he comes over to the chair and just smashes her on the head. And so like a folding chair. And so the police get him and they, you know, they cuff him and everything like that. Um, but honestly, when I watch the video, there's a part of me that's like, I know that they're going to say, well, you know, it's the white people are being charged. The black people are being charged, but, and I'm not a politician or I'm not a police officer, but I can't see any of the, when I look at every one of those black people in that video that were fighting, I'm thinking, let them off. It's just years and years of just rage and they're sick and tired of being bullied and pushed around. You know what I mean? Especially if they're in Alabama, I don't care what anybody says the South way different. You know what I mean? Way different. Yeah. That's crazy. So I'm like, bro, those jokers, it's unbelievable. You know, um, honestly, it's like, yeah, the South is going to rise up <laughs> in, a, in a way that maybe people don't want them to. I'm just, I was like, when I watched it, I, I was just like, who do people think they are? Yeah. Who do you think you are? First of all, a group of white people beating on a black man by himself. First, what that looks like. And you said that's who, if it's a white or black guy, but what that looks like, the fact that he was black and you're all white. Yeah. You don't think it's going to start a race war? And and was he and he was the like the dock worker? Yeah, he was trying to tell me to move their boat. He's just they trying died. to do. He's trying to do his job, guys. Like in no circumstance should you ever assault a human. No. Yeah. And these so all these black guys and men and women jumped out of. I, I don't. Some of the workers. This one worker jumps in the water and swims across the water to get to the dock to to jump on these people. So all these black people come running down uh, to attack the white people uh, to fight them to stand up for this guy. They just had enough. And I was like, yeah, dude, if I, if you're a white guy and you see a white guy getting beat up by five black guys or black women or whoever, you can't tell me that all the white people aren't running down there to fist fight. Mm. Why? Because people race is still a problem. Yeah. If I'm staying there and it's a black uh, worker getting beat up by five black guys as a white guy, I don't care what color I am. Like I'm going down there to help him out, like get him out of that melee. Like, you know, you could be saving somebody's life. Yeah. I'm not trying to swing it, guys. I'm just trying to help the dude out and get him out of there. I don't care what color they are. Exactly. What color of the yeah. skin they are. But this was a race war. Yeah. People can say what they want. This was a race, race on race. And I don't know. I'm sure maybe there was the police. They were in there trying to pull whoever off. But I'm like, I'm not sure if there was white people that were helping the black people or black people helping the white people. I didn't look in the video that deep. It just it was very clearly like people had enough, you know. And it's just like, man, what do you expect this world we live in? Yeah. You know, like it's appalling. It's appalling, you know? Crazy. So I'm glad somebody stepped in and helped him. That's what I'm going to say. I'll just say that. Yeah. Glad somebody stepped in to help that guy. He's trying to do his job, you know? You know me, man. I'm ready to be that person. I'm like, I want, (laughs) I'm ready to get into a brawl. Wow. Not because of race. Just, you know, we've had this conversation. I just want to see what I can do, man. <laughs> I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. Never been in a fight. Let's go. I'm ready. I don't, the problem with that is you don't know your own strength. So you're very capable. You might lift up one person with each arm and throw them <laughs> at least 15 feet. I don't want to be there. I'm I'd like to, I don't even want to witness it. I don't want to be a, a witness <laughs> in the case. I don't, I don't want to be around. I'd just rather see it on, on the, uh, yeah. Buzzfeed. Like, oh, that's Corey. 
Yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen when my adrenaline kicks in. Yeah, it's... I hope it doesn't. I hope that never happens because <laughs> Maddox and Aiden may grow up without a dad. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why God made me like a really calm, gentle person overall. Dude, yeah, you don't want that, man. <laughs> hey, why don't we give? You want to give Buddy a second chance here? You gonna? You want me to call him? Yeah, man. All Say right. hey, bud. This is uh the Brandon Shank podcast, and we just want to know if you have a question for us today. Let's see what happens. He might be elated. He may cry. He could cry, or he just won't answer. Good. Don't blame me. You asked for it. Hi, uh, you've reached the Brandon and Shank podcast. Um, I made it. I'm on the podcast. I'm famous. I like to thank my mom and my dad and all my friends out there. You made it. Welcome yeah. to the podcast, buddy. My name is Brandon. How are you doing, man? Hour, not like not here. joking, not moving. In case I got on the podcast, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. Uh, here, I'm gonna have to see if I can do this. I wasn't prepared for this. Brandon, can you talk now? Can I? Hey, buddy, this is Brandon Shank. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, Brandon Shank, long time listener, uh, first time caller. <laughs> It's great to have you on here, man. I, I we've I've tried to avoid it at every turn, but Corey just wouldn't let me get off the hook today. You know, I cannot tell you my level of disappointment last week when I missed my opportunity to be on the podcast. Hey, well, you know, good things never happen twice, but this case they have, and so welcome. Thanks. Good things come to those who wait, right? Yeah, you know, and you know, so today, buddy, we were like, you know, let's. I know, buddy has a couple of pages worth of questions. We know that he has rehearsed these. We know that you have dialogue that you have searched and searched and and critiqued. And I know deep within that dialogue and that thesis doctoral paper that you've written about possible questions for the Brandon Shank podcast, there's probably one that just stands out as a glaring, beautiful diamond shining in the rough. And so what question would you like to ask us today, buddy? Anything you want. Uh, I'm so nervous. I feel like there's so many. I want to get the right one. Um, <laughs> let's talk about golf. Okay. Um, Let's talk about how you lie. Okay, next. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, there's so many. There's so many. Um, I want to think about ones that people would probably want to know the answer to. I was driving down the interstate yesterday, and as I always do, um, when I see that the lottery goes up to the billion mark, I start yeah. spinning that money in my head, even though I don't actually even play the lottery. So my question for you fellas is – you hit that lottery, which I know you guys don't play. It's $1.55 billion. What is the first thing you're buying for yourself? And I'm not talking about you're paying off your bills and your, or credit card or you're buying the church uh, building or whatever it might be. Like, What's the first me item, like big thing you're getting for yourself? Well, first of all, that's a great question. It's a great question. Hmm. We're all, yeah, we're all thinking. How about we start with what I would buy? Let me talk, tell you what I would buy each of you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. And then we'll go to ourselves. So I would buy Corey a custom made. I would take him to the Martin factory. Mm, I, I like where they're going. I'd say pick out the wood you want, pick out every detail, custom make your guitar. And I'd buy him a custom made, whatever Martin he could find, whatever the best. Um, and then I would say buy an electric and acoustic of anything you want. That's what I would buy you. I'm here for it. You like that? Is that a I'm, good one? I'm there all day. Yep, yeah. all day. Buddy, I would buy you. Um, man, there's I think what I would what I would buy, buddy, if we're staying with that same type of price range. No, I'd probably build you a par three somewhere. <laughs> 
A what? I part. I build you a par three course. Oh, let's go. I'll yeah. take that all day. Even even six holes. I'll just get you a nice piece of land with a par three and be like, buddy, man, this is yours, bud. Enjoy it, you know? Oh, that would be amazing. I'm, I'm buying you a lottery ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I figure between those two, that's like, that's probably at least one, two, three million dollars out of 1.5 billion. So, I mean, I figure that's oh, a yeah. difference. I mean, buddy's definitely is, is way more money than mine. <laughs> I'll throw in a pedal. <laughs> you can enjoy it. You can come and play your guitar on the course anytime you want. I think like one of the most expensive Martins is like four grand. That's about. That's it. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, unless you get like some famous one signed by somebody. Well, you know what I don't care cool. about. Yeah. You know what I'd buy you? I'd buy you a handcrafted studio. Now we're talking. Actually, okay. I could need that because I I literally just had these conversations with you while my family's been away. I've been trying yeah. to record, and there's just crickets outside. And I'm like, well, can't record tonight. It's raining one night. Well, can't record tonight. Yeah. There you go. I'll buy you a studio, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Custom built. You're welcome. Um, honestly, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty simple. I'd probably just go out and buy like a newer Jeep Wrangler or something. All right. That there's at least 80 grand. Once you jack it up, and put the rim. Yeah. On yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be fully decked out for sure. Oh, yeah. But, at least one rubber ducky in the window. Yeah. But after that, I'm, I'm probably, I mean, I'm probably with you, Brandon. I'm going, a, a studio space or something like that would be nice. You don't need that. I already bought it for you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I didn't know both of us in this scenario were billionaires. Yeah, well, why not? <laughs> yeah. How about you, bud? What are you getting for yourself, Brandon? We want to hear it. The world needs to know. Oh, man. <sighs> All right. Well, it's not enough money, but I'd love to have an ownership stake in a sports team. Yeah. So I would love to like be a, a part uh, a part of an ownership group. That'd be cool. I mean, you get one point five billion. That's what's the valuation on the commanders? They're worth what about fifty thousand? You could probably be full time <laughs> owner on that. Yeah, I think they're probably about. I think they're worth probably about at least a hundred thousand now. I mean, we got a new owner. <laughs> I, I've played. Yeah, they're not worth a hundred thousand, but it's going to take ten billion to get it get it right. So, <laughs> I've played this scenario out in my head uh, every time I've driven by the big sign where it says how much money you can win. Again, that I don't play. But for me, what I'm doing is I'm buying one of those amazing RVs, the ones that are, you, you drive them and I'm going to every single Cowboys game for the entire season and in between games. So if there's a game in Dallas, let's say, and there's a game in New York, driving from Dallas to New York and stopping with Amanda and checking all the stuff out. And I'm having a stay in substitute teacher for my kids and we're traveling for a full year. So if I hit the lottery, I'm going to have to take a year off from work and we're hitting, we're hitting all the stadiums. We're hitting all the games. We're hitting all the sites. Again, actually, it's a, it's I like that. I don't play. I don't play the lottery, and it's a fantasy, so that's all it's ever going to be. Hey, I personally think that's. I love it. I love that you include your family. I love the feel of that whole dream. I think the RV, everything about that sounds amazing. But, oh yeah. But you'd have to know going into it, regardless of the amount of money, regardless of the great trips and the great sights you're going to see, you know that's going to be the most disappointing road trip you've ever made in your life because the Cowboys are the Cowboys. <laughs> I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. So all I've known is disappoint my entire adult life. So I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah. I think you would, it would, it would, you would, you'd be on I-95 going up to uh, New York for a Dallas game and be so frustrated because you guys lost your last four in December when you're on the verge of winning the NFC East. So, you know, I just don't see that being something that would bring life to you. I think you'd probably burn the bus at the end of the year and um, we wouldn't see you for another year just because you'd be in hiding. But other than that, I think it's a great dream. 
Yeah, I'd have a ton of money, so I'd be able to have the best counselors in the world to just talk me off the ledge. <laughs> Good point. Well, hey, man. Thanks, hey, bud. Thanks for joining us. And as always, you know, thanks for being on the Brand Shank Podcast. Hey, let me tell you, I just won the lottery today by being on the podcast, so I don't Aww. need the money. I'm there. Hey, well, I didn't, and so I'd love to have the money. But <laughs> <laughs> Love you, big dog. All right, fellas. Love you guys. All right. See you. So, Corey, two quick things in the news um, that I thought was very interesting. One, an 87-year-old woman fought off an intruder and then gave him snacks. <laughs> she fought him off and then he, he was hungry. She hooked him up. We all know that's your grandma. Like, yeah, seriously. We've heard the stories of your grandma. <laughs> we, you're just hey. bringing a new story about your, your G-ma. My grandma don't play, bro. Your she old G-ma. She would. She would straight, you know, ask you. Put an elbow to your face and then feed you pie. <laughs> and then she pulled yeah. out some VHSs of recorded HBO. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Hey, yeah, this woman, I mean, that's hardcore, but she knew the kid. He had, she had known him when he was a kid. I guess he had grown up. He, had, he snuck in through an AC, like there was an air conditioner in her window unit. She, he pulled it out, attacked her. She fought him off and then called the police and fed him while he waited. Man, incredible! I mean, that's a grandma for you right there, Bro. and that's set, that's set you right. And then, are you hungry? You're hungry, yeah. aren't you? Let me let's feed you. <laughs> that's Medea in the truest form. Right yeah, there. I love it. That's a real life Medea. Yep, that's what that was. And there's one other thing that I wanted to mention. You know, it says that Finland is the world's happiest people. Mm. Yeah. Now I'm, I'll tell you why I don't. This. Yeah, and I don't. I, this is why I don't understand this. I don't understand happiness without sports. Mm. Now Finland has sports, but they do not have the NFL on Sundays like we do. They have it. I don't know how much time difference it is. I think they're in front of us by X, you know, however many hours. Yeah, I'm not sure. I am amazed that there is a place outside of because I'm an ignorant American outside of excuse me this country that is happier than we are, and we have sports the way we have it. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's the way you're wired. That is my mark. I'm not wired that way. I mean, yeah. I can I enjoy them, but it's not like a thing that leads to extreme happiness in my life. <laughs> so you don't look at like a Monday night. And you're like, gosh, I'm so excited because tonight's Monday night football and this to Peyton and Eli Manning cast. No, jeez, not one. I've had, I've had Mondays where I'm like, dang, I'm so depressed today. Maybe depressed isn't the right word, but I'm so frustrated today because Monday night football is on, but the Eli and Peyton, Peyton and the Manning cast isn't on tonight. Yeah. So I just got to watch regular. Now the regular is fine, but the Manning cast is just better. Well, yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah. But yeah, when I, I'm like, Oh man, Monday's gonna be great. And then Monday night, when I kick back and watch Monday night football with my, with case, we're going to kick. Yeah. It and, that, and, and I think like, I think there's, yeah, there's, there's something on your calendar to look forward to. I think that's always good. That's always good to have. Yeah, and that's probably a good psychological thing to always have in your life is times where, you know, because it's not just you watching football. You said there, it's sitting down with Casey. It's you're doing it together. You're, you know, it's probably a time where you get to shut your brain off for the first time in, you know, a week oh, yeah. or whatever. And so I think that leads to it. But yeah, like I just, I have other things, you know, I don't necessarily have sports on my calendar like that. Yeah. So let me give you the synopsis of my life if I didn't coach baseball on weekends, even in the fall. I would wake up on a Saturday, make waffles, pancakes, eggs, bacon, turn on college game day on ESPN, mm. watch the whole morning, and then watch the 12 o'clock game, 
watch the 2.30 game, put on a 3, 4 o'clock game. I'd watch it all day until the late game at night, go to bed. And then Sunday after church, come home, make me some buffalo chicken dip, watch football all day. I watched the Fox NFL and Fox show all the way through, as soon as I got home, all the way through to the Sunday night game, the late game. That's how I would love to spend my weekend. Yeah. I could do that every weekend in the fall right. and just love it. Now, there's times I'm like need to get up and do something. But like if I'm just kicking it, I'm not going to sit on the couch for 15 hours both days because it gets old. Um, but I'm saying like I can start my weekends off like that. And, and I will like the days I don't have, you know, I'm not going to sit on the couch. I got four kids. So that's pipe dream. I used to do that before I had kids. But I love just sitting around watching games and hanging out with my friends and talking and chilling. And yeah. like, we got a pool table. So like well, we'll play pool and watch the games. It's just fun. It's just like a. I don't know. Now some games are trash and you're like, I don't really feel like wasting my time. And I'm the same way. Like, you know, yeah. Who wants to watch, you know, I get, I get down with the community aspect of, of sporting events. That's what I love. Whether you're going to a sporting event or watching it, like, you know, if, cause again, my, my wife's not really into sports either. So for us to sit down and watch, we, we do enjoy, you know, we, um, we have MLB TV currently right now because we took our boys to an event here kind of in Norfolk. And just by participating in the event, you got a free year of MLB TV. So that's been nice. We've been sitting down as a family and like watching baseball games and stuff like that. But yeah, it's not like the highlight of, of our week, basically. It's just something we like to do as a family now. But I think, I think you sell yourself short because I would consider you a casual sports fan. Sure. Absolutely. Like yeah. you're not like sometimes, you know, you're not the guy who just likes, you know, um, you know, sci-fi and music and you're not really into sports. Like you watch sports, you know, enough to be a casual sports fan and you like keep up with it enough. Like even football season, you're like, yeah. like I don't really know who's first in the division, but I do know this, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, you're casual, you're a casual fan. I like to stay up on almost, on almost everything in life just to be enough of the conversation. To be, uh, you know, a part of the conversation if it arises. So I, you yeah. know, I like to dip my toes in, in a little bit of everything. Yeah, and I'm not that well versed because people say, "Do you watch?" Like, say, start talking about Star Wars, and they're like, "Do you like Star Wars?" I'm like, "I have never seen a full episode or a full yeah. movie ever." Yeah. Like what? Never. I was like, "No, why? I can't. I, I just can't do it." Like I have tried, and I find my mind wandering, and I'm like, "I just yeah. my kids like it. I just don't get down with it. It's not that I. I just not my thing. It's not that I. I just I can't." Sure. Start calling Star Wars. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm out. I live with that person, so you know. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, my, right, my wife's the same way. So Finland's the happiest people in the world. Their secret, and they had a couple, but their number one secret, and I thought this was a beautiful thing. And I think it's biblical. Mm-hmm. Find a purpose outside of yourself. Yep, it is biblical. It's good. Yeah, because. Um, because, it, you know, but anyway, that leads to my final thought. And this is going to play right off of that. Here we go. Final Here's thought. my final thought. All right. So uh, uh, there's an article on people in, in, the, in the church, and I thought it was such a good picture of Americans. And it said, and I'm going to read, this is a direct quote from the article. It said, American life works in the 21st century. Uh, it says, contemporary America simply isn't set up to promote mutuality, care, or common life. Rather, it's designed to maximize individual accomplishment as defined by professional and financial success. Hmm. Such a system leaves precious little time or energy for any community, for forms of community that don't contribute to somebody's, to one's own professional life, or as one ages, the the professional prospects of one's children. Workism, as they're calling it, reigns in America. And because of it, community in America 
religious community included, is a math problem that doesn't add up. Although understandable, that isn't quite the right question. The problem in front of us is not that we have a healthy, sustainable society that doesn't have room for church. The problem is that many Americans have adopted a way of life that has left us lonely, anxious, and uncertain of how to live in community with other people. Wow. Yeah. People always say, why are you the, like I got recently was voted as the president of our little league and they're like, why do you invest in all this? You know, you pastor a church, you got, whether it's podcasts or you're traveling and preaching or whatever it may be. And I'm like, well, because the Virginia Beach Little League, that's just a title of what I like to look at as community. Mm-hmm. Right. We bought like, we brought like um, our, our little league, you know, it's a, it's a large little league and it has a lot of kids in it, but really only thing baseball does is bring people together as a community. Like out of those kids, one kid may make the pros out of thousands that come through there in the next couple of years. Yeah. Or maybe 10. I mean, we've had like Ryan Zimmerman came out of our, our little league. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like we, and that's our, one of our claim to fame. So we've had guys come through there that play in the pros. I mean, Virginia Beach is a hotbed for talent. Everybody knows that. Like this yeah. is a baseball mecca. But uh, Tidewater is a baseball mecca. I read an article recently that said that Tidewater may be the, uh, the largest hotbed in the entire United States for baseball players. And I believe that. Yeah. Like you got Hall of Famers like David Wrights, the Upton brothers, Michael Kadire, uh, Jeff Francoeur, all these guys came out of here. Um, but um, the only re- the reason that I took the role was because of community. I said, I, I really want this to be a community, a place where people want to come, a place where they can gather. So we've opened up fields to travel programs and different things because I want people to gather. I want people to have a place to go where the whole family can be there, where they feel connected. It's not just about Little League. It's not just about travel. It's not just about baseball. It's about community. And so for me, I saw it as an opportunity to bring people together. That's why I did it because yeah. I love baseball and I love what it brills, but baseball is just a bridge to community. These kids will remember these relationships long after. Uh, and actually Michael Harris, he played, he plays the Braves. He said he would give anything to go back to being a 15 year old playing travel ball again in that community, right by Atlanta where he grew up. He said, being there with my friends, cause he's talking about community. He said, yeah. this is a community that we played in. And so um, even when guys go to the pros, they miss community. And even though they have community, they, that, that community you have as a kid, it's just different. So um I think finding a purpose outside of yourself, people and community, um, that's the key, you know, and and that's my, that's my thought is finding something bigger than yourself. That's why when people find a church, the reason the church community is the most powerful community in the world is because it's something bigger than ourselves. It's not meeting just to have friends. It's not meeting to play baseball. It's not meeting for success. It's not meeting for prosperity. It is a gathering of people that exists to worship God and God is that hope that you never are on your own. You'll never, ever have to worry about failing and being by yourself. You never have to worry about being a failure. You never have to worry about not having. You never have to worry about going without. Like God will always be there. And that hope that brings us all together. And then the supernatural things that God does in lives and having people around you to support you and to pray you through things, there's nothing like it. And it's the most real community I've ever been a part of. You know, and so that's my encouragement to everybody listening. Find a church, find a place. And that's not because I'm a pastor, because I, God called me to this and I see the value in it, but I'm, I'm help, I want you to see this because the most valuable organization in the world and the one that every organization tries to emulate is the local church. People don't trust institutions, but they do trust people. Mm. And so if you are the church, people will trust what you trust. They'll trust that, you know? So I want to encourage you to find a place. Palms Church every Sunday, 930. We're also online. Um, if you're here in Virginia Beach or if you're not, you know, you can watch us online. And get connected to, to community through that as well. But find a place um, because 
you know, finding something outside of yourself is possible. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Um, and I'm not saying people in Finland all know Jesus. I don't know uh, what, but I do know that if you can find happiness by finding something outside yourself, imagine what that is when that something is God and that something is a church and a community. It takes happiness to a whole new level. Yeah. Right? And what God can do in our lives. Amen. So let me pray for you. Lord, I just pray for each and every listener. I pray for their families. I pray for their life. I pray that they would know you love them, that you are here with them and for them, that God, you will never leave them, that you are thinking of them. You've never had a disappointing thought about them. And I pray they would know in Jesus' name that you have made them and crafted them and believe and will never, ever, ever turn your back. I pray they would see that they are loved and there's nothing they can do to separate themselves from that. That God, you love them unconditionally. God, I just pray today they would turn to you, love you in return, and know that, God, you are king and you're a great king. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I love y'all. Have a great rest of your day, rest of your week. We'll see you every weekend, 930 at Palms, right back here next week on the podcast. Also, the blog, Up and Running. If you want those tickets, you better make my wife listen. Tickets coming to somebody. 